0: Welcome to Why Is... with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss the whole world is watching, the whole world is watching, the whole world is watching, the whole world is watching. (laughs)
1: Welcome back to Why Is With Ty and Dan, a weekly Marvel recap podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. Before we get going, please take a moment to smash that like and subscribe button. Like Doctor My name Strange. is Tyler Borland,
0: we have to remember Doctor and with Strange me always
1: is co-host Danny That's Benson. me.
0: I love Dr. Strange. Well, not really, but I like the idea of him liking and subscribing, just like I like the idea of me talking about the MCU news. Anyway, so our first bit of news is news about us. We're important. We're more important than Marvel. Uh, so, well, actually, it's news about Marvel, then it's about us, so don't get too hyped. So this week, Marvel released another trailer for Black Widow and another trailer for Loki. And, well, this is the first trailers that have been released since our podcast has begun, besides, like, the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer that came out, like, a week before the show premiered, so we didn't, we had no reason to cover it because it was so close to release. Um... In the mid-season trailer for WandaVision, which, you know, we were never going to cover. I guess the Super Bowl trailers... Okay. The point is, we weren't going to do this till the first movie trailer came out. And Black Widow is the first movie trailer to come out. And now you can check out our trailer discussions on YouTube. There are 10-minute videos about where Tyler and I discuss the trailer. We don't react to it because trailer reactions are dumb. And we, uh... Well, you know what I mean. Like, we don't... You don't see us go, Wow! when like black they show us footage from like black widow and Endgame, and go oh that was so sad over the footage you know we don't do that yeah (laughs) uh but yeah if you want to check out our thoughts on the trailer you're gonna have to look at those but then we have one bit of mcu news which i was actually kind of iffy on if it was news but tyler told me yeah it is and i was like okay and that is that netflix has signed a deal with sony that will give them exclusive streaming rights to all their films after their theatrical runs, uh, which would mean that uh, basically it means a couple of things. Uh, oh, and on-demand runs. It means that it doesn't go into first off. It doesn't go into effect till next year. So movies like Peter Rabbit Two, Venom Two, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, none of them count for this. Um, but they will count in 2021, which would mean Morbius would be the first film to really actually be affected by this. Uh, and, yeah, well, my thoughts on it is, I like this deal, because I like that Sony isn't making their own streaming service. Uh, yeah. I li- I get mad they didn't make this deal three years ago, so I could have got American Vandal season three. But you know what? <laughs> I can move past that a bit. Uh, I also like this deal, because I was worried Disney was going to pick up the Spider-Man movies and put them on their service. And I think, as you've heard several times on this podcast, that Disney has too much power. So making people have Netflix to watch Tom Holland movies is great, especially because it means I won't need to see Tom Holland's face on Disney Plus. Uh, but anyway, what do you think about this <laughs> news, Tyler? Um,
1: I, 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 li- I like it too. Um, I guess this means that I will be keeping Netflix. Going well, to get rid of it for um, a year. Yeah. Uh, it does. It like you said. It replaces the Sony Stars exclusive streaming deal, which I'm I'm glad yeah. for that um, because I've never never saw the need to get Stars necessarily. Um, so and I already have Netflix, so it'll be it'll be nice to be able to watch um, Sony stuff. And you want me to on, complain on this
0: about stars? Is I get mad at stars because they are all they're they're you know they're a they're a TV they're a TV station. Yeah, so they crop their films to fit an aspect ratio that's not accurate. The idea of me watching <laughs> Spider Verse in a forced one point eight five one aspect ratio gets me mad. This has been my Ask Victory show rant. It's much shorter than my usuals.
1: So, <laughs> um, so uh, Sony is also going to be making uh, two to three direct-to-streaming movies for Netflix a year with this deal, like in addition to their 15 to 20 theater releases. So um, I'm not usually a fan of, and I touched on this last week, I'm, I'm not usually a fan of Netflix's um, direct-to-streaming uh, films now there are exceptions like ma rainey um but uh but yeah i'm i'm excited to see what
0: sony, I, i'm sony very curious what a direct history wait okay because sony releases a lot of stuff that is um i don't want to call it self-aware because that that's like trouble but they release a lot of low budget stuff in theaters already in september and january usually and mm-hmm. that's the type of thing that I would assume would go to Netflix, except for the fact I think Netflix wouldn't make a deal for that, you know? That's not really, a, right. not really a plus for their service. I'm curious if it will be like their franchise's stuff. Um, yeah. So would that mean a Spider-Man spinoff on Netflix? Would that mean um, a Bad Boys movie, like Next Generation, that's on Netflix? I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else Sony has. They have Jump Street, but I don't think they're going to give me another Jump Street movie. Um, I forgot about you know, you know what the the third one was supposed to be, right? No, you don't. Oh, it wasn't it supposed to be a crossover? <laughs> yes.
1: With... Yeah, I was so excited. Yeah, I think I remember. I remember seeing something about. I was that. so
0: excited for that, but then back in the day, it got caught up in legal issues. Very tragic. Oh. All right, so that's our MCU news. Uh, but first, a little why is news? It's what I have labeled as a follow up on Peter Rabbit, Luca, and my saga to watch Soul. First up is Peter Rabbit has moved again to June 18th. It's moved from July 2nd. Now, Tyler, do you remember what is special about June 18th? If you don't, it's okay. I'm going to tell you anyway.
1: <laughs> no, I don't, Danny. What's special about June 18th?
0: Well, June 18th is currently when Luca is scheduled for release on Disney+. Plus. And it was <gasps> scheduled there for theaters, but now, weirdly, there's no family film coming out that day. So good on Peter Rabbit for hopping on that date and screwing, like... I'm telling you this, if I was a parent and I had the choice between watching a new Pixar movie at home in the middle of summer or going to see Peter Rabbit in an air-conditioned theater, I'm going to pick Peter Rabbit. I don't care which movie's better. Yeah. Like I would rather watch Tom Paul Gleason get beat up for like an hour and a half by, right. by James Corden. Why not? It's more <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be an, it'll be air-conditioned and i will be or I can be at a drive-in. Better, better. Popcorn. Yeah, popcorn. Well, I mean, I can have popcorn. Movie, theater popcorn. Movie yeah. theater popcorn. There you go. Yeah. Yep. And my other update is, um, as you guys have known, I have not watched the Disney Pixar film Soul because I was waiting to see it in theaters. I am pleased to announce that on Saturday, April seventeenth, seven p.m. The Music Box Theater in Theater Number Two, I have rented the theater for Soul. I will finally watch the film that has been said about me as get over it. Why don't you just watch it on streaming already? You're entitled to rent a theater for this. <laughs> well, I don't think so. <laughs> I disagree on all of that. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I also would say that if you're so obsessed with me, why, why, why haven't you watched the Pixar movie? That personally offends me. Uh, I'd say you're the one who needs to get your priorities to check, rather than me, who's going to give $250 to a business that has been hurt by the pandemic. Struggling, so get yeah. over yourself. Stop defending Disney. They don't need your defense. This is been my soapbox. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: in two weeks, you'll finally we'll finally talk about Soul on this podcast. It's it's going to be a time. Uh, honestly, I've said this to Tyler, it's very possible that we we talk more about Soul than we talk about the Falcon and Winter Soldier season finale. So, yeah, um, I'm Gary for that, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and I guess actually that's a warning, that if you want to follow along to the conversation, uh, I guess you too need to rent the theater for $250 to go watch (laughs) Soul. Or I guess go watch it on Disney+, and not be, as I quote, a whiny person who doesn't deserve movie theaters to exist. That has actually been said to me about this. Oh my <laughs> yes. goodness. Uh, uh, you could watch it on Disney Plus and not be someone who doesn't, uh, who deserves to have an entire industry die because they don't want to watch a movie on streaming. <laughs> and speaking of watching a movie on streaming, uh, we're going to go to the green room where I think yeah. Tyler has watched a movie on streaming. Uh, but it's an older movie, so I'm not bothered by it. <laughs>
1: So, I watched the uh, 2016 film, um, Macbeth, on Amazon Prime. I feel like whenever people uh, label a movie
0: like Macbeth 2016, it's scary, because 2016 is a scary year <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's it stars Michael Fassbender as Macbeth. Um, people can, will recognize him as Magneto um, from the X-Men films, and uh, Prometheus, um, then... Marion... Wait, Co- I,
0: have, Co- I have to stop you right now. It's very important. Okay. So, when I made that joke about 2016, I remembered Moana came out in 2016. And if Tyler remembers, I said that I went on... You wouldn't remember this, because you're listening to this. Uh, I went to a double but feature. But I, I know where you're going. I went on a double yeah. feature with Moana and Assassin's Creed. Uh, you went on
1: a double date with, <laughs> with, the, yeah. with Moana. and uh, Moana Assassin's was Creed. way better.
0: Uh, <laughs> but anyway... But that came out in 2016, and the thing is, is that the director of Macbeth made the Assassin's Creed movie with Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard, so there's no, like, and I looked it up, this Macbeth movie's from 2015. Oh, okay. So, it's no okay, longer, makes sense. we no longer have to hate it because it's in 2016, now it's Assassin's Creed, so, which is fine, we can hate Assassin's Creed. Moana, innocent. <laughs> Back to the green room.
1: <laughs> Alright, so... As you said, Marion as a Cotillard, Cotillard. I think it's, uh, it's Cotillard. Marion uh, Cotillard <laughs> plays Lady Macbeth. Um, you will recognize her from Dark Knight Rises, and uh, she is also um, Leonardo DiCaprio's wife in Inception. Um, she was a a highlight in this film, but there there were some things with direction that were very weird about her character in this um, that weren't exactly clear. Um, then David Thulis plays Duncan. Um, you'll recognize him from Wonder Woman and the Harry Potter films. I also know uh, he plays a, Professor Lupin. I also
0: know he's in... Yeah. Um, I don't watch this, but I've heard he's the only good part of Fargo season three. Mm. Yeah, so... I've
1: not not seen Fargo. Fargo season
0: two is a very good season of television. I've never watched a different season of it. David,
1: David Thulis reminds me of, like... He's the guy you would want as like your uncle. He's the, he'd be the cool uncle. I mean, but
0: just because of his mustache, though he was so allowed to do a DC movie <laughs> and not have the mustache removed. Anyway. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Well, uh, and then Elizabeth uh, Debicki plays uh, Lady Macduff. She is not in this much at all. I think she has like. Two
0: lines. That um, that was when she was kind of up and coming, so it makes sense. Yeah, she's not really yeah, famous but, yet.
1: Uh, you'll recognize her from Guardians Two and Tenet. Um, and then Sean Harris, I think, is the best part of this film. Um, he plays Macduff, and like I bought his his portrayal the whole way through. Now that's not saying Michael Fassbender isn't a good Macbeth because Fassbender plays a really good Macbeth as well. Um, but, uh, but I still think that Sean Harris outshines Macbeth in, in this, which you could argue that Macbeth is the antagonist of, of this, uh, play slash film. And, uh, that Macduff is more the protagonist. I want to
0: say one thing very important is that this is a podcast. This is not a theater. And as such, we can say Macbeth as much as we want without worrying about dying.
1: It's very true, um, so uh, and you may have seen Sean Harris in two of the uh, newer Mission Impossible films, Rogue Nation and Fallout. He's good in them. He's also in Prometheus. Is he? Yeah. Because I did I didn't recognize recognize him. I've only seen Prometheus and oh. I've seen Prometheus. Well, once. I wasn't talking about so,
0: Prometheus. I, I don't yeah, remember Yeah, but he's Prometheus. good in the Mission Impossible. Yeah, he's he's the villain. He's the main villain. Well. In oh, Fallout, okay. Henry Cavill is really the main villain, but he's working yeah. for Sean Harris. So gotcha,
1: gotcha. But he's the main villain uh, of Rogue Nation. So this this film's about an hour fifty three minutes long. It's pretty short for a Macbeth um, adaptation. It it is, and um, I didn't look up to see if they left out any scenes or you acts. Didn't read along
0: with it. Come on, be a real
1: Shakespeare. Yeah, right. Be a real Shakespeare <laughs> scholar. Um, but uh. The yeah, it, the direction was by Justin uh, Kurzel, who also directed Assassin's Creed, um, and the music was by Jed Kurzel. Um, so Jed. I'm not sure if they're if they're related. The music, I will say, the music in this, what I I really liked the music, although it it was very repetitive, but it was done, it was used well. Um, so uh, yeah, overall. I love heightened language, and this this uh, film adaptation of the play did really did really well at at uh, portraying that on screen. However, if I would give this a total like out of five stars, I'd give it three out of five stars, um, d- just because there were some parts that were that were confusing that I think could have been portrayed better. Um, the Mac- Macbeth's deed done um monologue was done well and uh, and also this is kind of an english rant but um prepositions can exist next to each other um shakespeare is a very celebrated playwright and user of the english language and if you want this is me on my soapbox um if you want to tell me that to and from cannot be uh next to each other in a sentence then you are very wrong i will point you to towards um william shakespeare uh by the way but anyways down off the soapbox but uh this film did really well at portraying guilt ambition and apprehension which is what the play really delves into you see what guilt can lead towards um and ambition on how ambition can be pushed too far um and then apprehension the apprehension was done really well with the music uh which is was really nice that uh like as a, as i've said before music is also a character in in a scene and uh it was used really well in in this film to to portray just this apprehension through through very varying scenes um and overall the film does well at capturing how dark this play really is so um i w- i'd recommend <coughs> macbeth on amazon prime watch it with subtitles
0: well, I watch um, everything the, with subtitles.
1: Yeah, I was like, definitely watch watch it with subtitles because I see of theaters, the uh, of the Shakespeare. So, um, um, so what did what did you watch this week? So,
0: I went to the movies to see Godzilla versus Kong, the 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 sensation that's ding, sweeping ding, the ding, nation, K-O. and I have thoughts. But first. Since Tyler did this, I'm going to list the entire cast. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) But I am going to mention the MCU alum. And this is going to be the only time I do this because I I cannot imagine something worse than us finally covering Soul. and me going, Jamie Foxx, known for his roles in Electro as the Amazing Amazing Spider-Man 2. And (laughs) Rachel House, known as her role in Topaz and Thor Ragnarok. We're not going to do that. That's not going to happen. Uh, But... This does have Rebecca Hall in it, who played the person who was meant to be the main villain in Iron Man 3 until, like, Perlmutter was like, we can't have a woman villain. Get Guy Pierce on the line. Uh, mm. And then we have Brian Tyree Henry in it, who is the um, person in Spider-Verse who plays Miles Morales' dad. Oh, is Miles Morales' dad. And he's going to be in Eternals. Mm. I personally think Miles Morales' dad is a bigger deal. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, um, Julian Dennison, who plays that guy I can't remember the name of in Deadpool 2. Uh, the fire kid.
1: Oh, that guy. Yeah. That
0: guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you know who I'm talking about. He's in, uh, Hunt the Older <laughs> People, uh, which is a great mm. movie. That's a good movie. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. I showed it to you. I made you, I, uh-huh. yeah, I forgot I would shown it to you.
1: And then, and then I showed it to, uh, to Felicia, and she watched it, and she loved it's it. It's a great, so.
0: yeah, I love Taika's movies, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, Godzilla vs. Kong...
1: Ah, here, Which is not a Taika movie. It should be, but, but it should, Taika be, should yes. do.
0: I would love to see Taika do a kaiju movie. I think he'd do really well. Mm-hmm. As, um, my opinion on Godzilla versus Kong is: wait, let's put it this way. So I watched the story of monsters. And I've seen a bunch of the. Well, I've seen two of the old cheesy Godzilla movies. I've seen Story of Monsters and Godzilla versus Mothra. And the reason I put the cheesy thing on there is because, as I said, I think last week is that the original Godzilla is actually a metaphor for the nuclear age, or the arrival of the nuclear age. So it's very serious. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing about watching the old Godzilla movies, is that since the effects on Godzilla are so bad, really, to me, the most entertaining part of those movies are the humans. And it's usually because the human storylines are written to know that they're no, they know this is a goofy story. Like, there's a line in Godzilla vs. Mafra where the bad guy seriously like makes jokers like, are you Mothra's attorney? Who gave you a power of law over Mothra? And that is just, like it's fun. Like you can tell the people writing it, like, no, this is like a stupid monster movie. And yeah. I think the issue with the modern monster movies of Godzilla and Kong is that they're very self serious, and I didn't mind it in Godzilla twenty fourteen, at least for the first half hour, because Cranston Brian Cranston. Cranston holds together. Like, I buy Cranston in the role. But since then, these movies have, like, been very self-serious. And the reason I thought Godzilla vs. Kong worked better than most, so I think Brian Tyree Henry and Damien Beecher Beecher, uh, know what movie they're in this. They're very, very over-the-top and hammy. And they're, because, um, Brian Tyree Henry is the conspiracy theorist who's like, Mm-hmm. I think Godzilla, I think this company is trying to take over Godzilla and Kong and harness their powers for evil. And it's very over the top. Whereas Demian Bisher is, um, the, um, he's the villain. <laughs> and he's the one who's like, uh, who, who needs Godzilla when we can be the gods of the world or something? Like, it's so, and it's like, I like this. This is what a Godzilla versus Kong movie human should be. They should be very yeah. cheesy, and they should be just as, oh, larger in the life than the monsters are. Um, but everyone else in the movie is just so, like, we have to be friends with Kong. Or, like, Kong's gonna leave, we, we gotta respect Kong. Or, like, Kong, come back to life. We miss you, Kong. Stuff like that. And it's just, like, this is stupid. Like, it's a Godzilla and Kong movie. Like, this should be so over the top. And thankfully, the fights get there. The Godzilla vs. Kong fights are really good in this, and it helps also because, I don't think I talk about this on my podcast, but this podcast before, but you know what my absolute pet peeve is with these movies, but also blockbusters in general? It's when they stage all the fights at night. Recently, mm, Wonder Woman yes. 84, which I actually like. I hated the end fight because it's at night, and it's the only scene where you have the CGI cheetah, and it's at night. You can't see any of it, and it's like...
1: Yep. That was my issue with Godzilla twenty fourteen. It's a very dark film, and that's not like tone. That's talking about lighting. Exactly.
0: Although I actually yeah. think God's, the Godzilla twenty fourteen has really good cinematography. Uh, yeah, I, I think it just it works out
1: for that kind of it. It works out for that. Yeah, it works out for that film. Um, it creates like it creates this tension and like this uh, like chaos on screen, but also it gets to a point where it's like okay, I. I, I paid money to watch I want, yeah, this I want to see it I, I want to see the monsters Yeah.
0: Well Godzilla 2014 also has a weird I don't want to call it an issue Because I think it's only an issue in the back half I think it mm-hmm. cuts away from the monsters um, I think the first half is fine You know it's building up to a grand reveal of Godzilla So yeah. I want to make sure you don't actually see him But until so, like, you get this full glory On the screen and I think that's good it's just after it, it keeps cutting away from him, it's kind of like okay, but like we've seen him, so we don't need to cut away. I think that yeah. there's I think Godzilla 2014 that if it had more better work on more better, but you know what I mean Get better character work, it could be like a masterpiece uh if mm-hmm. it had interesting human characters in it i think actually everything they do with godzilla in that movie is pretty well done even the cut because the cutaways would be fine if the humans were interesting you know yeah uh, but yeah. they aren't so it's like oh my god just get back to godzilla uh
1: it was also weird seeing um elizabeth olsen and aaron taylor johnson to be fair
0: that movie though came out as a husband came and wife out before well it,
1: it came out before but i didn't see it until after and i, I was like this is weird but yeah,
0: I don't, I don't like. I can't. I can't fault the movie for that. I can fault the movie for killing off Brian, Brian Cranston 25 minutes into it. Yes. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, Godzilla vs Kong. The fights are good. It was what a movie to see on the big screen. Big screen. Big movie. Um, mm-hmm. If your theaters are open by you and you are vaccinated, I highly recommend you go to the theater. As someone who did went to the theater before he was vaccinated, I will say, I've. I've known some people who have outright told me that they're vaccinated, but I'm not going back to fear till September because I don't trust people who don't wear their masks, and I want to say that that is not how vaccines work anyway. Uh, you you can still go. Uh, I'm not telling you you have to go, but I think it's patently ludicrous to be like, I think it would be better... In September, when the fact is is that these vaccines are probably the best we're gonna get on this thing. We're not gonna ever totally eradicate coronavirus, and yeah, that's my soapbox yeah. about how people don't understand how stuff works. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do
1: want to ask on Godzilla vs Kong. Um, this seems like it would have worked really well as like a summer blockbuster, like kick off to the summer. So, with it releasing right now...
0: Well, my argument against UND is that it can be a kickoff this summer because the past few movies' summers have not kicked off in early April. Really since gotcha. Fast Five... No, Fast Five wasn't early April. But I think Furious 7 was early April. Shazam okay. was early April, building up to the real kickoff, which was Endgame. Same with Infinity War. Yeah. There was something out before Infinity War. The Jungle Book remake came out in April. This came out on March 31st, which is practically April. Uh, yeah. The issue is, is that... Summer movie season starting later because Marvel moved Black Widow. Uh, I don't mind. I think it's a fun time. Also, I'll be honest. It's overperforming at the box office precisely because there's nothing against. It, you know, right? Yeah, and there will be because of Disney moving their stuff around. I would argue there's not never kid. Well, I don't say kid friendly movie because I think uh, the new Spirit movie. Which do you remember, Spirit? The, yeah the, yeah the remake can get in cgi for some reason. uh no. yeah i know oh, no. but no, no like like a cgi animated movie not like live action cgi uh um, oh, okay. Yeah. but and, i mean still like no it's like, no, weird. It's like but, yeah but anyway uh so spirit in uh peter rabbit i would argue are not uh what people call four quadrant movies four quadrant means that Everyone can go see it. Like all you just will want to see it. Those are strictly younger audience. And I would also yeah. say that the Cruella movie does not look for quadrant because the trailers to me look way too like weird. That I wouldn't want to take my kid to it. You know what I mean? Mm. Which is why I've been yeah. saying the entire time. like, I don't know why Luca is going to streaming and not Cruella. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but my point is, is I would say Godzilla versus Kong is like, I don't even know when the next four quadrant movie is coming out that I'd be okay to take my kid to, you know? Mm-hmm. like not that i have a kid uh maybe in the heights which is like mid-june but that's still a while from mm-hmm. now and i'd also say that in the heights is probably going to be a bit boring to young kids anyway even though it's a musical uh, it's a bit more sophisticated for them but anyway uh answer your question for hope... <laughs> your yeah. question uh well i would say that i would expect honestly in a world without covid this wouldn't have come out in summer Because Godzilla King of Monsters was a big disappointment at the box office. uh, Because it's the worst of these movies by far. Uh, It really is. (laughs) All the fights are at night. Uh, They marketed it up as if being, we're not going to cut away. But it's like, okay, but you do cut away. Because Godzilla King of Monsters, the fights are like... It's hard to describe. Because in Godzilla 2014, you do see a bit of the fight... Uh, but, like, okay, it cuts away, but usually when there's a big moment, it does stay on the fight. You know what I mean? It doesn't cut yeah. away in the middle of a moment. In Godzilla King of Monsters, it'll be, like, Godzilla's punching Ghidorah, and then it will cut to Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler having, like, a reaction shot of going, like, wow, and then it cuts back to the fight, and it, we've missed some of it. Oh, that's weird. It's very annoying. Yeah. Um, this movie finally doesn't cut away from the fight. Mm. I mean, yeah, we still do cut back and forth between the humans during the fight but you always see the full action played out before it cuts and generally you stick with the fight for about like 30 or 40 seconds and then you get cut to them for 10 seconds so it's like I feel like I'm winning the full fight more but anyway I'd actually say Godzilla vs. Kong is very average but I will admit I liked it because I haven't seen a blockbuster in theaters in quite some time because Tenet I saw that was in September though Wonder Woman I saw as well. Okay, let me actually rephrase. It's the first blockbuster I've seen in Dolby in a, in, since, I think, The Rise of Skywalker. Well, oh. unless we count Birds of Prey as a blockbuster, which I do doubt. Um, or Onward. Because Onward's an... Animation, to me, is kind of a separate genre. Even though animation yeah. isn't a genre. Uh, I want to clear it. But it's a separate genre than just saying... When I say blockbuster, I generally don't mean an animated movie. The only mm-hmm. recent animated movie that I would qualify as a blockbuster blockbuster is Incredibles 2. Yeah, it feels bombastic. Uh, not even Toy Story 4, which obviously is a sequel. It still doesn't feel like what I would qualify as a blockbuster. But anyway. Um, but yeah, this was my first one I've seen in Dolby. Which I don't know if you've ever seen a movie in Dolby. Uh, if you haven't, Tyler, you should get vaccinated and come up here and see a movie in Dolby. It is the best format to exist. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. It,
1: it, is it like... Dolby, Dolby so, Vision, Dolby Atmos. So
0: it's all that. Uh, it's a normal size oh. screen, but it's yeah. a 4K projector. Uh, the sound is so loud that it vibrates your seat, but it's also nice. like the sound moves with the it's very, it's very elaborate sound design. I hated the Rise of Skywalker, mm. but I love singing in Dolby. That's basically how I, the best films I've seen in Dolby are Spider-Verse and Us, the Jordan Peele movie. Because also the thing that's cool about Dolby yeah. is, is that you get a really deep black um, mm-hmm. color. And both those movies use their color really well and lighting. Um, Godzilla vs. Gotcha. Kong actually didn't, but that's fine. Like, you know, it's the sound is where it really helps, seeing this in Dolby. Yeah. Um, that was actually my, one of my biggest bummers about Soul, is that the trailer in Dolby was like... Because I got the trailer in Dolby a couple times before theaters closed, and I was like, oh, that looks so perfect for this i'm gonna see it like 60 times in dolby that is like well you're gonna see it once <laughs> at the music box <laughs> still more than most people but in theaters but still um but yeah that's my thoughts on godzilla versus kong uh i would recommend you check it out just because you know if you're vaccinated you should go back to movie theater and if you want to watch a big dumb blockbuster godzilla versus kong does do a good job of it i just wish I wish it was dumber. In all honesty, that's how I put it. I wish it was dumber. There are still some really good dumb moments in it that have nothing to do with Godzilla or Kong, but there could be more. Gotcha. But, yeah. All right.
1: Okay. From this point on, we will be discussing the latest episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and possible spoilers for future productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of said future spoilers, but we'll gladly take full credit if such come true. We will not
0: address leaks. And I'm talking about leaks, as in info that has been leaked beforehand, not the vegetable. Now, if our speculations align with the leaks, it's purely coincidence. Now, we're going to discuss The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode four. The whole
1: world is watching. The whole world is watching. So, this episode wasn't bad. I liked last week's episode better. Um, I dislike John Walker very much. After this week, uh, Carly, too, but for different reasons. Um, I enjoyed Zemo most in this episode, and I've lost interest in Sam and Bucky because of a lack of progression for those two. So, uh, what about
0: you? I thought this was the best episode yet by far. However, I do want to clarify that, for me, that might be put under damning with faint praise, uh, as the idiom goes. However, I would agree what you said about Sam and Bucky. Uh, this is a show where John Walker and Zemo have been stealing it the entire way. It's kind of weird, but I can't really say I was not expecting that. Uh, I w- like Sam and Bucky being boring doesn't surprise me because they've been boring in the movies. You know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not too surprised here. Uh, uh, the action has been great though, and the ending here was good. However. I do want to talk before we talk about the episode. I was thinking about saving this for the finale discussion, but I think we can discuss it now, which is, uh, well, this show and WandaVision were both written to be binge shows, but then they Mm -hmm. shifted how they're being released because of the success of The Mandalorian. Now, I think we would both agree easily that WandaVision benefited from being a weekly episode show. Yes, Uh, yeah. And I feel like Especially it's Especially since it was a mystery box. And I also would say, WandaVision, it's really weird to think that it wasn't written to be a weekly episode show. Because it's very... It's episodic. It's very, like... We're exactly. restarting... Yeah. Like, we're going back to the status quo the next episode initially, you know? And it's like... Anyway. But for this show, I think it's a bit more... Um, it's a bit more gray. Uh, well, I don't... Actually, I don't think it's gray. I think... For my... For us having a podcast... I'm very glad it's a weekly show. You're right. Uh, in terms of me assessing its quality, I would argue that getting an hour every week of a storyline that doesn't really this—I would say this episode has the clearest ending point of any of the episodes we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes it kind of weird for us to have this conversation now. But I—I um, I wanted to have it last week maybe, but I was like, yeah, I'll give it a week, and I'm still on it. Is I think this show probably should have been a binge show, because the fact is, is that. I think there's a lot of things here that are unclear that might not be unclear if I was watching it all on a binge um I think there are little bits in the episodes that are beforehand that come back and are elaborated on more that I would understand more if I wasn't watching these episodes weeks apart. I also mm-hmm. think I also just think it's clearly designed to be like it's it's obvious like you know like last week we only had John Walker for two minutes. that's really bothersome in a weekly episode thing. But if it's like, oh, we're only cutting him for two minutes while we go on a quick side plot with Sam and Bucky, that's different, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think the show should have released all its episodes at once, even though we have two episodes left?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it it should have. Yeah. Um, just it's it's just with the it's with the action format. Uh, I more of like how the show's written the structure. Um, yeah, the, it's the structure of the show. Um, Would have worked much better as a binge show. Um, I'm particularly thinking of the Netflix series Altered Carbon. Um, all of its, it's episodes of were released. Mackie. Well, well, partially <laughs> because of that, but um, but I'm I'm thinking more of like the first season, which is way better than the second season. Um, which the first season has Joel Kinnaman and it doesn't have Anthony Mackie in it. In it, season one of Altered Carbon released all at the same time as a binge show, um, just like season two did um, like two two or three years later. Um, but it worked with its cliffhanger endings. It worked to pull me into the next episode so I could binge, you know, watch it. And yeah. that's what this show does. And it leaves us with these cliffhangers. But I, and like WandaVision had cliffhangers, but I wanted to... I didn't mind
0: waiting for WandaVision. It's like... where I want to I, I want to make a comparison. Yeah. Can I, can I? Yeah. Is, I think, The Good Place, which I've still only seen two seasons of, but I feel like I can give this opinion because I doubt its story structure changes much in the latter two seasons. Mm-hmm. The Good Place is a show that I watch on Netflix. It's great for binging, but also, it's kind of like Wanda... Well, I don't want to say it's like WandaVision because it's better. It's a lot better than WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is... I... Not surprised by it being a weekly show because it does have self-contained plots. Yeah. But each self-contained plot pushes the story forward and every episode has a cliffhanger. That makes it great for binging, but it also is like, yeah, I'm into this. Uh, This show, you could, I guess, could argue the episodes have been self-contained, but they're not self-contained to the point where there's a resolution. Mm, yeah. the episode. Like last week, yeah, you could say the resolution is, oh, they killed the guy who made the super serum, but that wasn't, to, to quote my good play my professor from college uh, my playwriting professor. So <laughs> should I keep getting the playwriting theory? I think that actually be okay. yeah yeah. Uh, so my professor Jacob Jentinen, uh would always talk about the idea of there being a major dramatic question in every bit of storytelling. Um, so the major dramatic question for Wandavision overall would have been well the, well it has to be like will Wanda something. So actually I don't think. Wanda Vision has an issue where it has, it's a mystery box show, so we don't actually know the big question. The big question is why is this happening initially, and then once we get more thing, it's once we get more. I would say by episode three or four, we get the actual major dramatic question, which is a bit late to get one, but it's okay because it's a mystery box show. Yeah, which is will Wanda accept Vision's death? Yeah, that's a major dramatic question. Uh, this show's major dramatic question to me it's still not really clear. My guess is it will be, is, will Sam be the new Captain America? Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my guess and that's what yeah. the Matrix Dramatic Question is intended to be. However, it's, the show very weirdly constantly has Sam go, oh, I never considered it. And it's like, why? <laughs> yeah. Um, but also in WandaVision, you could see each episode had a Matrix Dramatic Question, but it, in the beginning, it'd be very tied into what the sitcom plot was, mm-hmm. which is, for example, like, will they win the talent show? That's the major dramatic question of the second episode of WandaVision. Yeah. Later on, it's like the Halloween episode, which is... The major dramatic question is... It's a bit less of there being one, but w- Vision has one, which is... Will Vision discover what's going on at the end of the episode he does? And the other thing is, will Wanda figure out what is doing? Yeah. Which is arguably why I would say the sword parts don't work. Because the sword parts... The only episode where it's a major dramatic question is episode four, which is why it's the only episode people really like Sorted. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, I don't think this show has major dramatic questions within episodes. Uh, You could argue that it's – so at the beginning of episode three, I can break down episode three pretty easily. uh, The major dramatic question should be established in the first five minutes of the show or the first ten minutes because this is an hour-long show. But in the first ten minutes of the show, they just break out Zemo. They know nothing about the Power Broker yet. Right. They know nothing about going to Madripoor yet. And then when they go to Madripoor, it's like they're just slowly – I guess you could say the major dramatic question is, will Sam and Bucky find the serums? Mm -hmm. But even that's not – like, yeah, it's resolved, but it's – it's very clearly like a low – it's a major – it's a minor dramatic question. Yeah. Because it's in service of the overall dramatic question way too much, which is – We'll say become the next Captain America. We'll say i stop the bad guys. Right, you know? right. Um, whereas in WandaVision, what I just said doesn't really... For episode uh, six, you know, I said episode six. For episode six, that doesn't necessarily tie into will Wanda accept Vision's death. Mm-hmm. Neither of them do. Especially the Vision one, because obviously Vision's not a part of it. Right. Uh, but Wanda's just trying to figure out Patro in that episode. Anyway, my point is, is that WandaVision has a very clear design for episodes standing on their own. This show does not. Mm-hmm. And that really hurts its momentum in a way that it being a season-long show wouldn't. Uh, a binge show wouldn't. Yeah. And it also is making me rethink an idea I had for a podcast to do with Kevin. <laughs> 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 I'm starting to think maybe it's not a good idea. <laughs> we were going to do... Uh, this is a bit of a preview for anyone who's listening. Is We were debating on doing a... I haven't actually talked to him yet, but I'll talk to him by the time this uh, is out. Uh... But, or this, this
1: can ooh. be your proposal right here. It's,
0: well, well, the proposal <laughs> was is that we would do something where we look at a show like Stranger Things and try to analyze it as a weekly show. But I think this sh- this particular Falcon and Winter Soldier is making me think maybe this isn't a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'll obviously talk to Kevin before this episode <laughs> comes out. Um. Anyway. See, do you have anything else to say or should we dig in? Uh, I think we could You can say something else if you have something else I, to say. I don't have
1: anything anything else to say. No, I agree with you on uh, on what you you said like the show's structure is what it really solidifies it as a binge show. Um
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes me curious what Loki will be.
1: Yeah, I uh, I really I don't know. Like Loki gives I don't me think Loki action. will be
0: as episodic as one yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Loki gives me very action time heist vibes um
0: but it could also be something where you know like each episode he goes to a different time yeah that's true which would be very episodic Mm -hmm. that'd be episodic yeah very quantum leapy kind of yeah um but yeah
1: anyway now we can anyways so my first my first note on this episode was yay wakanda oh wait this is just a flashback
0: I like the music. I like them playing the Ludwig, loo, the lute. what am I saying? I said, wood. I said, Woodley, <laughs> the Ludwig gorison theme. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, when it played, because I feel like a lot of these, uh, oh, this is a bit of MCU news that isn't really like, it's not worthy, but, uh, and it's really what we're talking about right now. Don't worry. It's not like I'm jumping back to do MCU news in the middle of our podcast. Yeah. It's, uh, Danny Elfman said he's still going to use the Giacchino strange theme in his movie. Mm-hmm. And... I was worried that Jackman would go back to his Black Panther theme when Wakanda came in. Yeah. Because he has a Black Panther theme, but he used the Ludwig thing for Wakanda, which made me pretty... I
1: I like... Pretty
0: pleased. I prefer the Ludwig thing. I like that
1: collaboration and cohesive. It gives a cohesiveness to the... the MCU
0: has had an issue with that in the past. Yes, yeah. As I've said, as we can tell by Captain America... Well, Captain America has two separate themes because they're from different eras, but Mm -hmm. Thor has three different themes. For has a theme in his first movie, and his second movie, and in his third movie. Yeah. But at least the third one brings back the original theme at the end. Yep. Which I'm a bit okay with.
1: Um, Speaking, briefly touching on uh, musical scores, I would be so pleased if Hans Zimmer did uh, some music for for the MCU. Because I well, thought this, he the, did a really the, the, the good DC score music. for Dark Phoenix.
0: But uh, What I would say about, well... Well, yes, I, well, I have an opinion on Dark Phoenix score, which is that it's kind of the opposite of what we just said with musical continuity, that it gets me so mad that it's meant to be a uh, send-off to the Fox X-Men movies, yeah. but it never plays the Otman theme, yep. which to me is, like, iconic X-Men music. That's true. Like, when that hits in Days of Future Past, for the first time in, like, ten years, I'm always like, ah! I, I get so mm-hmm. hyped. Because it's, it's not used in, it was only used in X-Men and X-Men 2, uh, X2, because... Uh, last stand wasn't directed by the horrendous brian singer uh but you can be a bad person to make good movies and we'll talk about that when we talk about the avengers right uh uh, but anyway uh so that's why i'm kind of like i don't know i I don't think i think hans zimmer is afraid to use other people's themes yeah uh i would like i i want john powell to do a superhero score at some point Mm. even though he actually did the last stand uh, but I'd like to do another one. Cause John Powell did how to train your dragon and solo. I think solo, uh, is probably the best. Well, we have two options. We have solo and row one. The solo score is the best part of solo though. Um, yeah. Uh, I, he has a very nice classical style. Uh, I also would have John Debney coming back. John Debney's is actually a really good composer. I was surprised. Now I'm looking at this anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, back
1: to, back, the, the Falcon but, yeah, back to uh, Falcon soldier. Uh, so I thought Sebastian Stan was great in this opening. Um,
0: and, yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, I'm,
1: I've never been was. a fan of flash of flashbacks, um, but uh, but yeah, no, I liked. Well, I liked uh,
0: well, I'll liked. say something funny about the flashback here, which is that when six years later I was like, oh wait, what well, was six years ago? Then I heard, oh wait, there was a five-year time jump. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. never mind. This was a year ago really for Bucky. Yeah. Um, but I also had that the budget was really obvious. Mm-hmm. Cause to me, the the shot of Wakanda looked like it was lifted straight from Black Panther. And then it like zooms out and we see that they're just in a clearing. Yeah. <laughs> they're just in like a random clearing that looks so like, oh, we just, we can film this outside. Yeah. You know, just, yeah <laughs> and I'm like, oh okay. Uh I also think it's funny because like I so I O being here, I don't mind her, because she seems like she's pretty high-ranking. But, in that scene in particular, it felt to me like, well, we can't afford a Koye, so here's I O. Yeah. <laughs> like, that... Like that um, I, I think Florence Kasumba is good, and we're going to talk about her more later. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just kind of funny to me, because it does feel... That scene in particular felt very, like, this is the low-rent Wakanda. Yeah. Because you don't get a Koye, and it's clearly shot not on location really mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah i i also thought anyway. it was kind it was kind
1: of weird that like they're going to test to see if they got rid of the brainwashing uh of the winter soldier brainwashing and they didn't have other members of the uh dora milaje like there, I think or Io can handle it. Like you, know, like she... I was, kind of, I was kind of like, uh, that's a lot of a lot of faith in in Io, but uh, but yeah, as we'll talk later on, like uh, about her her fight scene. But
0: yeah, I'm adding it out about it. Uh, so we can move on. So then. yeah,
1: so then uh, we go on to Zemo and his superhero supremacist theory.
0: I'm offended. You could have said Zemo. Zemo, like that one. Yeah, I just you got to do it at least once an episode. It's your catch. It is, um, yeah.
1: but I also didn't think that I needed to do that to cheer on the superhero supremacist theory. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I was like, this was not the place to do it. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so I I thought it was it was interesting. Um, he he draws this similarity where he's like. The, these, the, like, super soldiers always lead to this, to people thinking that they're better than other people, and the Nazis and the Avengers are, like, relative, I don't know, it was...
0: I feel like also, yeah, yeah, I think the thing that's weird there is, like, it's not really, okay, first, I have it in my notes, is that isn't Zemo a Nazi in the comics, which is kind of, like, makes this entire thing weird that he's giving the speech to Anthony Mack. yeah but I get that we've adapted out his Nazism but I'm just kind of like this is weird Uh, but I think the thing that's weird to me about this scene is that Zemo like actually goes yeah you're right there was only one Steve Rogers and I don't think he would say that he thinks Steve killed his family right why is he like yeah Steve Rogers he's a decent guy but there's only one good Steve Rogers and it's like what? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's a very weird, it, uh, what's concession you yeah. to give. I, th- I thought
1: the whole scene, I, th- I thought this scene, out of everything, was the most un-Zemo of the Zemo scenes. Like, the dance scene.
0: Zemo's oh, I dance. Thought the monolo- was... I thought the monologue itself made sense. Yeah. It was when he started saying, well, like, well, Steve Rogers was it's all right. No, count- he was Yeah, when he started countering,
1: <laughs> countering the others. I was kind of like, mm. okay. But, uh... But yeah, but then he made it better, Turkish delight. But anyway, that's a later. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) and then I just, just a thought. um, Later on was we've not seen the power broker yet, or have we? What if Sharon is the power broker? And this is kind of like along the lines of like, uh, what if Mephisto's been behind Wandavision the whole time? Well, I actually,
0: I actually disagree. I think they're not the same thing at all. I think. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Mephisto is something where people were taking stuff from the comics and being like, oh, it could be Mephisto. Yeah. And there were hints. Like, there were very clearly red herrings built into WandaVision for you to get there.
1: Yeah. But that was, um, that was part, of it, part of its mystery box.
0: Yeah. yeah. This show, as we've said several times, is not a mystery box show. And as such, we have to assume the Power Broker is someone we've seen. And the only person it would be that would make sense is Sharon. Yeah.
1: Which would be why she didn't go back to um, to try and get her name cleared, or
0: it would make sense why we see the power broker constantly just give text messages instead of seeing him or That's her. That's true, and also, Boom. um, she's like,
1: yeah, I'm I'm hiding, I'm on the run, but also I have access to satellites, and I was kind of like, what, what satellites? Like whose satellites? But, but yeah, uh,
0: yeah, and it's also like. The Power Broker has to be two people. It's either going to be Sharon, it's going to be Richard E. Grant's Mephisto, right? So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think they're going to probably reveal it in the show itself and not wait till Loki for, um, to be like, oh, Loki, my name is the Power Broker! Ha ha ha! (laughs) But I'm also Mephisto. You know, that would be Richard E. Grant's first line in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so going back to the Turkish light is, I have in the notes that I was Mr. Tumnus, uh all I just like those pretty relevant. In too. all caps, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, the listeners he, need to know this is in all caps.
0: So Well yeah, well it's it's very relevant because you know, when you mention Turkish Delight, you know it's on, like it is an Arnia reference. It it's is. so yeah. It's so weird for him to be like, Do you guys want Turkish Delight? <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's weird about it is like he doesn't do it once. He first says it to Sam and Bucky and then he does it like in the plot. And then he does it, like, a third time when he gives the Turkish delight, actually. yeah, And it's just so bizarre that it's, like, give it so... Like, it it feels like it should be a joke, but it's also not. It's just bizarre. But I like it. It's it's it, a bizarreness it that I'm, like, okay with. Like, it's... Well, it works... I don't even want to say it's Zemo. It works because it's Daniel Bruhl hamming it up. Uh, yeah. I will say right now that the best part of the show is, uh... Daniel Brühl yes. by far and you can tell And I, I want to be very clear that I'm saying it's Daniel Brühl it's not Zemo because I think the writing on Zemo is still kind of iffy mm-hmm. but I think Daniel Brühl is making the most of all of his screen time and being like oh I'm being, I'm being invited back to the MCU and I'm basically playing a scheming villain who has to pretend to be working with the good guys yeah that sounds way more now, I can hang out with Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan this time so instead of having all my scenes with nobody Right, great <laughs> like you can tell he's like yeah, keep me out. That's that's what makes me go back to your thing where it's like I want the Thunderbolts, and I'm like, yeah, I'd be down for the Thunderbolts now, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, because I presume Zemo's the leader. I would. I,
1: wanna... I would be so down with um with us getting the him leaving at the end of this and forming the Thunderbolts, or the Thunderbolts being formed. Maybe it could be he, goes, post back, he being, goes back. goes back to prison. Could be prison. the post-credits
0: theme being formed throughout the next. Uh few shows and yeah zemo showing up it's like th- i want to talk to you about the thunderbolts edition. i would i i would be
1: uh happy with him going to the raft and then uh thaddeus thunderbolt or general thaddeus thunderbolt ross um is Thank like you. i've assembled the team <laughs> i've got abomination and now i've got zemo well we have to get you know. she
0: hope done oh first yeah we do for us to do that yep Abominations and She Hulk. Oh my god, we did forget MCU news. Oh, we did. <laughs> Should we talk about it next week? Yeah. Alright, sorry guys. <laughs> You'll never be satisfied. <laughs> uh, so, moving on to the next note. Um, wait, 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 wait. Wait, yeah. wait, I wanted to say something about. Um, I do want to talk about another bit of news that isn't really news. Is that. Uh, the Zemo, because we're talking about Zemo, and this would be a good time to talk about it, is that Disney released the Zemo cut? And oh yeah. I have a take on it. I think. Well, I think that would be the time to talk about it because we're talking about Zemo. Is it the hour it long? is, is it the,
1: the hour long Zemo dancing.
0: It's it's really thirty seconds. So well, it's, it's yeah, it's just second thirty move. seconds. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a take on it uh, that will kind of. Uh, it's going to be a longer discussion we have in the finale, but I want to give it now which is I think Disney actually shouldn't have released this footage. I think it works way better as a meme and a discussion point to have Daniel Brühl hype it up in an interview. He's like, yeah, I dance so much, and they have so much good footage of me dancing. Uh, and I'm a, it's a little bummer. You guys will never get to see it. Because like, to me, <laughs> my imagination went nuts on what Daniel Brühl's dancing was. Yeah. But if you watch the clip, it's just kind of like they use the best stuff they had in the episode, yep. right? So it's like, okay, uh, now I'm not really interested in the joke of Zemo dancing anymore. Yeah. It would have been a better meme for them not to release it. Uh, and to me, it also kind of shows the desperateness of trying to make Falcon and Winter Soldier a big deal like WandaVision was. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, you guys want this? Well, here's some funny backup footage, which isn't really funny. But anyway, I, that, that's my I take also, the, the, the I Zemo dance. I <laughs> think
1: Zemo is the most memeable Aspect of, of
0: well, I think baseball. John Walker is, but the John Walker memes are like negative memes. Yeah, like, you know, like they're all like they're all like they're not like making fun of him. They're just like this guy's awful. Like that—that's the point of the mm-hmm. John Walker memes. Uh, there is a meme from this episode though that's becoming kind of popular, and that's Bucky's face when he seeing John Walker fight the Dora Milaje. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll give it that. That's that's okay. That, that meme works. But anyway. Shows shouldn't be – well, okay. I'm not going to get into it now. This is a a conversation we need to have when the show's over. But I don't think shows should be judged by memes, usually. But (laughs) I do think for a – well, no, 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 no. I do think this is a good point to have is that I think a show that is designed to be a Marvel show that is meant to have the engagement that a movie does means inherently that there are going to be memes that arise from it naturally. And there's going to be memes that are forced. Mm. And they think that the Zemo dancing meme came from it naturally, but then Disney tried to force it, yeah. which makes it kind of lame. Yeah, memes uh, Memes
1: are fun because they're created by the fans rather yes. than, yeah. Uh,
0: fact now, and, and to me, although, like, the dance is meant to, like, you could tell that you're putting it's like, oh, this will be a meme. Yeah. Like, but it's okay because it's still fun and it's short. It's not like a distraction. Yeah. But then, of course, I released an hour-long version of it. True. It's an hour-long version of it. Um, But anyway, we can move on to talking about the actual episode. So uh, I think
1: Carly's dislike of the shield is misplaced. Uh, She says the shield is wrong for everything that it stands for. But then in episode one, Falcon said symbols are made by the men and women behind them. So to me, the shield, which spent all of its origin and the majority of its time in this universe with Steve Rogers would be should be a symbol of Steve Rogers and then John Walker coming along and taking that shield expecting that shield to stand for for the same same thing that symbol's been warped by John Walker. So I would think that Carly's dislike of the shield should be more of a dislike of John Walker or moreover like the US like the government, the U.S. government.
0: Well, the the shield is inherently a symbol of America. That's what it's. It's Captain America. Right. Um, I don't know. I think the disliking the shield isn't. I think it draws a nice parallel with Anthony Matt... What? Actually, we don't have this in our notes. I think the best line of the episode is uh, said by Sam's sister, is when she goes like, "Why would I care about the symbol of a country that doesn't care about me?" Mm, uh, yeah. And that's kind of what like this like. The shield is a symbol of America, that's a fact. Yeah, uh, it might be Cap, like it might be Steve behind it, but when it comes down to it, I guarantee you, because also Carly's European, mm-hmm. and I think most people when they see Captain America see America. Like that's the point. He is, even though he doesn't want to be, he's a symbol of America, and arguably America's imperialism. America's this is like I'm giving you what. I imagine the negative talking points yeah, of Captain America, yeah. D, and I think they're fair. Mm-hmm. Which is that he's a symbol of America. He's a symbol of how America won't let other countries alone. How they demand to have their stamp on them. How they want to control other countries' politics. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I think the final shot of this episode, jumping ahead a bit, is a perfect symbol of like, of yep, that, that's yeah. that's America. Like, I hate to be like, like that's not Captain America, but that is very much like, yep, that's what I think of when I see America I see the like the negative side which is a lot of America. I, I want to say like I, I have opinions on America as an institution <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think the final shot of the episode which is America standing over someone they killed uh, outside of their jurisdiction and being proud of it while the blood is just dripping down from them. yep, that's American imperialism. Mm-hmm. that's what America. That is what America's historical standpoint stands from. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's totally viable for Carly to see The Shield and be like, it might have belonged to Steve Rogers once, but what it ultimately belongs to is America. And America is not good to me and my people right now in this show. Gotcha. And also in the show... To be very blunt, you might say you might not like John Walker, but John Walker works for the GRC, which she very blatantly does not like. Mm-hmm. Which I still, I'll, I'll repeat what I said last week. I think the GRC is by far structurally the most confusing part of this show to me. Uh, I don't know why it wasn't mentioned in the first episode. Yeah. It's it's very confusing because now it's a huge deal and it's like, but you only mentioned this in the third episode. What, did you write this as you went along?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that, that part was confusing.
0: Anyway. But, but, yeah, I think Carly disliking the shield makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think America sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, why why are Captain Frederickson and Battlestar yelling <laughs> top-secret mission things across the public street to Bucky, Sam, and Zemo?
0: Like, What's I thought it was so st- like stupid. It's stupid, but it's there's more to it. It's like you gotta you gotta paint the full pictures. Yes, that's stupid, but not only that. But he's screaming, Zemo, <laughs> like, like he's like you are walking with Zemo with Falcon and with Witcher Soldier, and they're all in, they're all like very clearly trying to be in Kangido. Yeah, <laughs> but he's just blowing the cover for them in his Captain America costume while Battlestar's wearing his Battlestar costume, and it's just like. It's so it's so like he's obviously being stupid. Like he's been a jerk the entire show. But he's just an idiot here. He's an idiot in a lot of this episode and it's yeah. just so frustrating. I think
1: that's why like uh, I I just, was just any time that he came on screen I was like, gosh dang it, go away. Like, <laughs> like it was just uh,
0: I like it though, to be clear. I like that I. Well, think, yeah, and, uh, and I think. He gives me a very strong reaction, which is yeah, something the rest of the show and really I think,
1: doesn't. <laughs> I think that's that speaks to the acting of Wyatt Russell. Yeah,
0: too. Wyatt Russell's really yeah. good. But I also think the writing is more on point for John Walker than anyone else in the yeah. show, too. Uh, compared to Zemo, where I can like tell it's brutal, that's elevating the material. For John, for John Walker, it's literally like, oh, this is the point of the show. Mm hmm. Which is kind of like. Again, why last week it's kind of like well, I only spent two minutes with John Walker. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, it's pretty funny though. That scene is pretty. Yeah, funny. I just the, in,
1: the like the second time that I watched the episode, um, I'm like, I, yeah, I I looked, okay. So the first time I watch, I watch mainly just the character interactions and um
0: i watched the show once to be clear yeah so <laughs> just to have that on the, the
1: record the first time that i watch, i watch the character interactions and um i focus more on plot and storytelling and then the second time that i watch it through i usually watch the act i watch the reaction um of the other actors to the the characters being focused on and i watch um the background and like this time around just watching Watching this fraud Captain America walking through this uh, this European country, just yelling things across, and like, I'm pretty sure everybody knows who Zemo is, and and he's just, hey, yeah,
0: yeah, he's probably all over the news. Yeah, right
1: now. I'm like, I'm like. Like, Obviously, Sam's they would be sister knows who, the,
0: like, Carly is, so, like, if Sam's sister knows Carly, I presume everyone knows Zemo, the man who broke up the Avengers and indirectly led to the snap. And then also escaped prison. A, yeah, yeah. Escape, like, that would be the top story. Yeah. And yet Zemo's, like, but the thing is also Zemo, I, I say Zemo's an like, you know, incognito, but he's dressed very flamboyantly because that's what Zemo does. Right. Uh, but even then, it's, like... John Walker's just screaming at him, Ziva, What are you doing? Right, <laughs> and like you can tell, Sam and Buck, you're like dude. And shut he's up. he's
1: like he uh John Walker's like, hey, did you guys find out anything on? Did you get any leads? Did you find anything out on this case? And I'm like, this case is like, I, like I don't want to say done it's top nothing. Great,
0: you've literally <laughs> done nothing. Yeah, I was like,
1: you've done nothing, and you're asking these guys. <laughs> yeah, it it just really, I was like. This is a really bad way of moving things along. But, anyways. You know
0: what I also. To jump to something else very quick that we don't have in our notes. But, you know what you just remind me of is like. So, in that end scene, uh, he's like Sam. He's either to Sam or to Bucky. He's like, one of them, your partner is. Like, like you're going to let your partner go in there alone. I think he says this to Bucky. And Bucky's like, he's not my partner. And that makes me go back to the writing on this show. Which is at the end of the second episode, we get this big moment where, like, Bucky's like. We we can't be like you know like when we're done whenever to talk to, to the each other again yeah the, to the therapist yeah. yeah and it's like that hasn't come up again they've just been joking around with each other yeah it's really weird it's like again it's like you set up this dramatic uh, conflict and you've done nothing with yeah. it at all yeah uh, which I also kind of feel about the race stuff in this show mm-hmm. so far I feel like uh, in particular this episode like I think it's I don't think it's explicitly there. I think I can implicitly draw it from stuff, but I also think it might be because I'm looking for it. You know what I mean? Um,
1: yeah, it, but it seems that we're, we're starting, we're starting a a thread and then we're just kind of leaving it up in the air until we want to resume that thread again when it best serves the plot rather than the threads forming the plot.
0: And it's like, to me, it's like, it's one of those things where this show is trying to tackle a bunch, but it's doing it all in a cursory way where I wish it just picked what I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, like it can be about race. It can be about recovering from trauma, which is what's trying to be with Bucky. Mm-hmm. It could be about the blip. It can be about uh, what's the word for it? Supremacy, which is what Zemo wants it to be about. Yeah. Uh, but it's trying to be about all these things at once and it's forgetting what it's about because it's trying to tackle it. Yeah. And I know some of these things directly relate, like racism and the idea of pr- supremacy. Those are clearly drawn with each other, but they're not drawn together when it, the supremacy talk is Zemo talking about super soldiers that are all white. Yep. You know, or all European, Yeah. Because there are some non white Europeans in there, but there are no black. There are no black super soldiers in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we can move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of getting my general complaints on this show out right now. <laughs> I was like, uh, it's messy.
1: But, uh, so, uh, speaking of earlier you mentioned Carly um, I enjoyed the conversation between Sam and Carly um, I think that that scene is what grounded this this episode um, well
0: it finally gave Sam something to exactly
1: do. yeah and it also it, it brought us back to focusing like it brought Sarah back into the fold of things um, where whereas before it was more of we're we're on a mission and we've gotta gotta yeah. We're just on a mission yeah. and kind of leaving all of the sister like the sister stuff back at home. Although she's kind of like, how are we gonna make money and survive? You know, um, so which is a for her that's her main that's her main conflict. You know, and we introduce well, that and then it's kind of like Sam,
0: you you just my- left. Yeah, anyway, sorry. My issue is it's also just like – no, it's like – I have this in the notes later, but this is another thing where it's like it's vague. Yeah. The GRC itself is vague. He's like, the GRC didn't help my sister too. And it's like, well, no, because you never brought it up with your sister. Right. How am I supposed to know that the GRC didn't help her? Like why didn't you – like when you were talking to your guy who didn't give you a bank loan and the show was like this is about systemic racism, but – I was like, "Well, no. It's about how everyone who blipped can't get uh, loans because they didn't work for the last five years, which is ludicrous." Yeah. But anyway, uh, especially when everyone like, knows. Why about didn't the you blip, mention like, "Well, the but... GRC will vouch for me"? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, why didn't you say something like that? Because I would have vouched for you. You're Falcon, even if they picked John Walker to be Captain America over you. You're still a well-regarded superhero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but it's it's silly. Like, it's like. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, my sister's doing this exact same thing. It's like, no, she isn't, because this show randomly didn't introduce this organization until the third episode. Yeah. Uh, and they could have easily been like, oh, I asked the GRC for help, but they didn't. Like, easily thrown that throwaway line. Yeah. And then this would – this callback would work, but it doesn't. I still like the conversation, but it's so sloppy. Yeah. I also thought it was, like, really funny that it kept cutting back to John Walker, like – the conversation was probably two or three minutes mm-hmm. and john walker's like oh, he's taking too long And it's like chill man It's yeah. it been a minute
1: <laughs> yeah i was i was kind of like i was like what is his like what is his issue he's he's just pacing and Zemo, like the thing is bucky's just sitting there just kind of being bucky he's just like yeah you're not going anywhere and battlestar's just chilling and zemo's just being zemo just kind of he's like okay I understand, this is fair. I'm you know, you have me chained up and yeah, he's just pacing and throwing a big tizzy. But Battlestar like to me, Battlestar is the he represents he's supposed to be the the ground the grounding for um for <sighs> John new cap for John Walker. Do,
0: do we wanna talk about Battlestar? I have I think Battlestar is a weird character. I I, I think it's weird how they instra- seen the, like, use ha- him. Having seen the end of his story because he dies in this episode, yeah. I'm like, I don't get what he was meant to be or what he's meant to be as commentary. Because he's basically, he basically, I, I'm going to be blunt. Uh, I said I didn't know if I wanted to talk about this or not. But I just want to say is that we have this whole supremacy argument in the beginning of the episode. Uh, that's clearly meant to be like, this is what this episode's about, type of thing, you know? And it is what the episode is about. Again, because like, the show changes what its themes are about every episode. Uh, but it has... It has the black character say to the white character that, no, being a supremacist is good. That is what basically happens, like, when he says take the serum, because taking the serum has been framed at, by the show as, that's a supremacist act. Yeah. Cause Zemo said it to be. And Carly says that if you're a bad person and you take it, then it is a supremacist act. Sure. And it's very obvious. That is what, why, uh, John Walker takes it. And it's obvious at that point that battle, it should be obvious the Battlestar. Cause we've seen Battlestar try to talk John down several mm-hmm. times. Uh, so to me, it's like this really weird framing to me where it, it just feels cause then promptly after this conversation he dies he dies to further John Walker's story and I understand that as two white people we probably aren't the best people to be talking about this but it really rubbed me the wrong way yeah uh but I'd also say that as two white people I don't think we're the people who can be like this is how you fix it you know yeah. uh so I just wanted to give that the airtime I think it deserves because I don't I, I feel like Battlestar feels like a misstep with the show Mm -hmm. because i he just very confuses me on what the show is trying to say uh especially when he dies this episode if he'd stuck around a bit sure but as it is in the show he's just now i can see he just serves to be john walker's motivation yeah which is kind of weird and messed up to me as least from a storytelling perspective and someone who's I hate to be like, someone who study theory, because you can analyze stories about going to school for them, but I think you agree with me, mm-hmm. and you didn't really take, well, you did take those classes, but you know what I mean. Like, I think I'm more into, like, watching movies and really, like, being like, what is this telling me? But anyway. Um. I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't accidentally insult you the time I didn't oh, mean no you Like, <laughs> like, no, I mean, I,
1: mean I, I, I do want to be clear that I, I don't watch i can't watch um a film play anything without trying to find that like trying to find what the vision is behind it you know and uh what the mess what the message is and then there i mean there are quite a lot of things that are made just purely for entertainment um which uh
0: which is fine which is like you know it's fine it serves it's... its
1: its purpose but also... Well, I would
0: say something like I would say something like Guardians 1, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I would say it's a top-tier Marvel movie, but I'd also say it only exists to be fun. There's nothing really deep or thematic about Guardians 1.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: It's like a family comes together, but that's like the basis of every block... Like half the blockbusters run. There's nothing new or unique about right. that. Um, but for this show, it's clear that it's trying to be about something. It, what it's being about is not clear. Yeah, it's very confusing what
1: it wants to be about.
0: And some of the things, which is what I'm saying, I think Battlestar, how Battlestar's been used in this show, directly uh, goes against some other things being said on this show. Mm-hmm. And it confuses me. It really does. I, and I, it's not like I'm missing the nuance. It's just, I don't think there is nuance. I don't think this is focused. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I keep jumping into these side conversations that are not in our <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh,
1: <laughs> I'll move on to the next thing. Um, I enjoyed Florence Kasumba's acting, especially yeah, she's very in good. the uh the Dora Milaje uh fight scene.
0: What did she say to Bucky? Uh I didn't catch that cuz I don't watch the subtitles and I couldn't hear. Did you catch it?
1: Oh, it's after okay if you takes his arm off?
0: Yeah, I, the Toy Story I one reference.
1: I don't <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't catch it. But uh,
0: she should have been like you will go sailing no more.
1: <laughs> but but <laughs> But yeah, no, I thought I thought it was it was uh, a really good, really good scene. Yeah. I enjoyed that scene.
0: The fight was yeah. good. I thought it was hilarious at the end when John Walker like he so he loses the fight obviously, yeah. and then he like looks really sadly. I think the battle start. He just goes. They weren't even super soldiers, yeah. and like the camera is really dramatic yeah, on them. i was I'm just like, kind of, I was geez, kind of like, this guy's a loser. I was like, <laughs> show me such a loser. Show me where
1: Zemo left, like where he is. <laughs> I'm done with this guy. Like,
0: <laughs> well, to me, I, I honestly, I honestly laughed when that line happened. I was just like, this is so ridiculous. This guy is such a such a weenie. Yeah, like, <laughs> Well he was like, he was like, they weren't
1: even super soldiers, and I'm like, yeah, you suck, and you're just now finding it out.
0: And we've Also it's like like, Again something weird to me Uh, It reminds me of Like racial subtext It's like this guy Can't believe that these Soldiers from the most advanced (laughs) Nation on the planet Beat him. Like, that's what the, but he's like, they weren't even super, and to me, I'm just thinking, he's like, he's saying this because they're women, and they're black women. Like, that is like, that is, that is my vibe I'm getting yeah. here. well, especially his, he underestimated his spear, he's his like, spear reference. He's so condescending yes. to them when they show up. He's like, look, I don't, I don't think he says luck, ladies, but that's definitely the vibe. Yeah.
1: You know? Well, he's like, let's put away the pointy sticks, and I'm like, um. Yeah! That's very that's clearly like, made dude. with the same material that your shield's made of like let's well, no, put away the frisbee like, oh, if you
0: want if you want to get to that line, like they could just i say had put forgot away the frisbee, that line you know i had, like yeah well i forgot that line When as soon as you said that line, i was like oh my god just stab yeah him. Just, i was that that is like that is like oh that is i don't i don't, that actually i don't i said it was implicit but to me never mind that i forgot the line that line makes it i would explicit have been okay i would have be been racism. okay with
1: the Dora <laughs> being like you know what you guys have you guys take zemo to to go find, <laughs> yeah to go figure this out and stop the flag smashers and we're going to take John Walker captive it's like, just
0: like it's like it's such a yeah. oh that that line got me I so them mad. To take the sorry shield. now it's like you're dis like this is this is he's like uh because first they're there to apprehend him for being the murderer of their uh, pay, uh their monarchy yeah. so it makes sense why they're there two he's like Oh, I can handle the personal guard of King of the King of King T'Challa. And it's just like, no you can't. How dare you say yeah. that? How dare you say like how dare you say to any other country like that's what to me the ending also is like it's American exceptionalism standing out bloody over like the power they want to wield over other countries. That is what it going like put your sticks away is like. It's like Oh um oh, i'd hated him beforehand but that line was just like a all right kill this guy <laughs> like this, yeah. this guy does these i don't think he will die i think the show to be clear because if he dies in the show then the, the the heroes are just as bad as he is yeah but it's just like oh my I god i wonder i, hate this I wonder I if hate he <laughs> i wonder
1: if he won't go on at like if he wouldn't become part of the thunderbolts
0: well, do you see Zemo
1: working with him, though? I don't see Zemo working with him. I see Zemo putting him in his place, but...
0: <laughs> but, I, yeah. I, I could see him more being, um...
1: Just kind of his own...
0: His, his own, own thing. I don't know what he'll be. I really don't. I could see him being a Justin Hammer, where they just kind of put him away for a while. Yeah. Because <laughs> um. uh, I really don't see how he fits into this ongoing world.
1: Yeah. John Walker presents what the world is trying, they're trying to get back to each separate country being their own thing. And, uh, Carly's kind of like the, Adder, Carly and John Walker are really nice, uh, opposites of each other. And I you saw, know,
0: yeah, I saw a good tweet, uh, not actually about Carly, but it's about, um, so Steve was what America wanted to be. Mm hmm. Uh, John Walker is what America actually is, and Sam is what America could be. Yeah, I like uh, that. And I'm like, yeah, that that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Uh, but I also think, I don't know, as I've said before, I think America sucks. <laughs> I think that's a very idealistic look. <laughs> I think that the same thing. I'm like, that's very idealistic. So that's, I wish that's what Car- that's, that's Carly's idealistic. Carly's view. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because I don't think. I don't think Carly thinks Sam should be Captain America either. I think Carly thinks that Captain America is an antiquated idea. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think, to me, I think that's where this show should land. (laughs) I think that would be where I would end this show if I was writing it. I'd be like, no, uh, Falcon gets to be Falcon. Because I don't know if we'd mention that. I, I... Few weeks ago, remember when he was called Black Falcon, and he was like, "No, I'm just yeah. Falcon." Well, it's it's kind and then, of if. Did I mention like how he doesn't want to be Captain? I feel like that's kind of like why he doesn't want to be Captain America, because he'd just be the Black Captain America instead of just being Falcon. Yeah,
1: it's it's like if he would become Captain America, it would be disenfranchising Falcon. As yeah, yeah exactly. As its, as its own although character,
0: we didn't get an appearance of him this week, but uh, the comics say that Torres becomes Falcon. That's actually kind of weird. We didn't get Torres this week. I had honestly forgot he did.
1: <laughs> yeah, and honestly, the only reason that I remembered is uh, when um, when Falcon is at the, I don't want to say it's the academy, but that home for the displaced children, yeah. and he sees the hand, and like it, him looking at the hand, and then I remembered oh, yeah. that, that conversation oh, that Torres, yeah, <laughs> I remember that conver- that awkward conversation that Taurus is just randomly like, hey, when you see this hand, that means the Flag Smashers are around. But I don't know why he sounds like <laughs> Bullwinkle. But... <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh... Yeah. Uh But just just when I started to sympathize with Carly, she had to be a jerk and threaten Sam's family. Which is odd. Yeah. Well... But also, I... Again,
0: I have this... Her. Sorry. I yeah. Have, I have an issue with the framing here cause Sam reacts. Well, Sam reacts reasonably. Yeah. Uh, in a vacuum, but I mean the way the show shoots it and the way she delivers her lines and the things that proceed and follow it immediately. It's framed that, uh, Carly would never do this. Like, she's like, I'm just threatening you so I can get you to contact Sam for me. I would never kill you. I know this info just because I have good surveillance. Yeah. Like that's the vibe I get. Uh, but then like but then she turns the around show is... and she's
1: like I'm going to hurt she's you done, and your like, children
0: if She's done way worse things. She's blown up a church with like on un- people. people. Yeah. Like that's worse. Yeah. But to me this like this show like frames it like this is the deal breaker for Sam and it's like is it? Like I don't think that I think I think his sister's reaction is reasonable obviously. Yeah. Uh but I think from what we see, Carly didn't actually mean what she was saying. She did just want to talk to Sam mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't too bothered by it. Uh, but I do. Th- I am bothered by it. Again, this show is weirdly vague about a lot of things. Yeah. I also have in our notes that I thought the conversation after when um, he talks to his sister is bizarre. Because I read an interview with the actress who plays Sam's sister. Yeah. And she says that when they have phone conversations in the show, they generally actually are both on set. Yeah. To deliver the lines to each other. But in that scene, we only heard Sam's lines. So I was like, okay, I guess she wasn't on set for this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, it's very weird. But yeah.
1: Uh, and then just a couple uh callbacks to, uh, to uh, prior MCU properties. Um, so Battlestar and the new Cap entrance to Carly's hideout is a callback to Cap 1. And then Bucky's it cool is. knife catch is, uh, I believe, is a callback to Cap 2.
0: Yeah, well... Oh, sorry, I'm yawning. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I would say... Um, it might be... Uh, well, okay, first, yeah, definitely a callback with uh, Captain uh locking in. Yeah. Uh, the knife catch feels like a callback, but it also is kind of like... I don't know why this isn't just a part of Bucky's fighting style. Yeah. It's cool. I think the entire end fight's well choreographed. Mm-hmm. It's the first really good choreographed fight in the thing. I think it has a bit of an issue of geography because they're all in just generic buildings. And at one point I was confused if Bucky was in the same building as the rest of them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, he isn't. But then, like, in the next shot he was running up to Sam. And I was like, wait, so I guess he is. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I thought those the scenes were cool. Uh, and the knife stuff was cool, too. I like the line about them all having knives. Yeah. The one time John Walker made me laugh. Well, it,
1: there he is again whining where Falcon's just like, I'm do us we got uh, this job at well, hand, let's get it done. And he's like,
0: why are well, they have all the knives? Well, okay, sure he's whining, but I also don't, I, I feel like that might be, I don't want to be like, you're, too, you're being too harsh on John Walker, but I could see, Falcon would say something like, why do all of you guys have knives? Yeah. Like as a, joke. a Yeah,
1: <laughs> like more of a frustration. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but.
1: Or, uh, yeah, or kind of like in Civil War when Bucky says, everybody's got a gimmick. Yeah. yeah
0: stuff like that like it's a very MCU yeah it is that's true uh, uh
1: just a nice little wait. commentary on the action but uh yeah. yeah and then my last note is john walker is definitely a villain um and the reason why i say john walker is definitely a villain is because halfway through the episode i had a prior note that was john walker is becoming a villain and then it was like at the end of the episode i'm like no he definitely he is
0: yeah he's yeah like- he, well, the question is if he's the villain of the show. I, just, I have really no idea how we play out these next two episodes, how he plays into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, which is exciting, uh, to be honest, because the show hasn't really put me in a place yet where it's been like that, where I'm like, I really don't know. Well, before I didn't know where it was going because I was like, this show seems like it's just throwing a lot at the wall. Yeah. Right now it's obvious that John Walker has to play a big role in what remains. But what that role is is a bit crazy. hard for me to decipher at this yeah moment. yeah um i think well do you want to say what you had to say because i want to talk about the final shot and that kind of relates to yeah the thoughts, yeah
1: so like and the reason why i say john walker is definitely a villain is uh remember and this is to paraphrase the great stanley tucci um the serum heightens traits or attributes that someone already has and so like uh Red, you know, Red Skull had his bad traits highlighted even more and then Steve Rogers all the all of his good traits, you know, um were highlighted and that's why he became such an icon as Captain America. Um clearly Walker is not fit for this role. Um so so I just uh I thought it was weird that they didn't didn't have that because like they didn't have that in the previously on at all you know well
0: they didn't have any uh they didn't have anything uh from the earlier from the earlier yeah so i was okay with that i think it's okay for it just to be something to logically draw for people who are really into the
1: into the mythos Yeah.
0: yeah um what was i gonna say uh i was gonna say something about carly in relation to that uh with her,
1: well, serum. she took the serum, and she's not. That no, that's a good point. Think, is that she's complicated? She's, she is she, complicated. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe the serum. I the serum think, just doesn't know what to highlight. So,
0: with her, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what I was gonna say. Uh, I, I do want to talk though about the final shot and how it relates to the episode. I think the final shot is. Uh, it's definitely audacious. I like the final shot. In fact, in a way, I was saying to some friends uh, that I think that the entire episode might have been good, but I'm really only thinking about the final scene in the last shot of yeah. it and how kids are going to be watching this. Show I was thinking and that too. It. I was like, because I,
1: and I remember your argument is that um, that superheroes are mainly like family films, like are mainly
0: for kids, and like they are mainly for kids. Do what? Kids, I, I a kid of mine told me at work this week that they're watching this show. Yeah, who's in like second grade? Yeah, so I, I was, I was
1: like, um, Disney went very like the boys is a superhero show, but it's an adult superhero show, and
0: well, to be fair, you, you don't really see any of this. You see only the that's five, true. You, you, you do see you hear it and you see the yeah, shot, at and the you end. don't
1: see like but the shot isn't like to what the boys would do. <laughs> But just the... It was seeing the blood on the shield. I was like, this is something that I never imagined we would see in a Disney property, necessarily. Well, to me, what but,
0: I... I think about... Well, it's really everything about it. I think this is a very well done scene. Yeah. In that, one, it's focused more on the reactions of the lovers, which makes it be more about... So this show is about... It's about a lot of things that we've said several times. But one of the things is, what is the legacy of Captain America's shield? And right now, the legacy of that shield will forever be with this video that everyone recorded of this crazy... This crazed person decapitating someone with it. Yeah. uh, In anger. uh, A basically non-jurisdictional execution Mm -hmm. of somebody on the streets who is clearly begging for mercy. You can hear him saying, I didn't... I wasn't the guy who killed him, which is true. And then it's like, he's like, well, I'm going to kill you anyway. And at the end, he looks proud to raise the shield with the blood all yeah. over it. Uh, and everyone just watches in horror with it. And it's something where, with me, Sam and Bucky are looking at it like, yeah, this. we should have known this would happen, but it's still horrifying. Mm-hmm. To me, I look at it also, and it goes back to my thing where I said where it's like, Carly seeing exactly what she expects when she sees Captain America there. Yep. Like that's what America is. They come in, they say they're the best, and then they kill whoever they want to kill, and then they get away with it because they're America. Yeah. Uh,
1: which is a it's much is more, a, It's
0: very pointed imagery, which to me, I'm like, that's good because I think the writing on this show is kind of yeah. it. The imagery does enough. Well, for and me it's there.
1: a nice commentary follow up to the discussion in Civil War, where they're like the Avengers just kind of, they go in, they do whatever destruction they want to get to their end, find whatever means to get to their end, and then they leave. And they go home at the end of the day. Like what Zemo said, uh, where he's like, and I saw, he's like, I, I was a really without a, point. a family after Sokovia, and where did the Avengers go after Sokovia? They went back home. You know?
0: Yeah. And I think also what I read was a good point, which is that this... So we are at a point in the world of captain of the MCU. It's a transitional era where Iron Man's dead. Cap's dead. Black Widow's dead. Thor is off planet. Uh, Hulk is out of commission regardless because he, you know, he can't fight. Oh, the He's snap. Yeah. I think he has a permanently broken arm, right? Like his arm's just gone or something. Although he could get a Wakandan arm from, uh, he could call up Shuri and be like, give me one of those things. Yeah. Uh, uh and then who else? And Hawkeye is getting his own TV show in a few months. Yeah. Uh, but even then Hawkeye was never really a me. Ma- oh, the mainstream Widow's Avengers. Dead. Yeah, yep. the mainstream Avengers are gone. So what we have here is we have a new Captain America. And what in America's initially really excited to see him. But then what does he do? He brutally murders someone who's going to get recorded in broad daylight. Uh and like this will be the top news story for everywhere. Yeah. The question: This will be <laughs> this, the thing is, is that he's lucky. I, I want to be like he's lucky you murdered someone who's been labeled as a terrorist group. Because otherwise, this to me would be tantamount to uh, starting a war type. Of yeah. Thing. Like you know, like blatantly the symbol of America. Like who to me and like Captain America and the MCU to me is like means just as much as America as like the president would. Right? Yeah. So imagine, like, if you saw the president just go in the middle of the street of another country and shoot a citizen. Like, that is what the equivalent of this is. Uh, But it's also something where it's like... It's just in broad daylight. What we always know happens in America, right? Like, that's what America does in their soldiers and stuff. Uh, And, like, drone... Maybe I'm getting a little political for you, but it's true. Like, that is what drone warfare is. We kill people... Uh, mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter if it's their innocence or not. Uh, this is just putting on display for everyone what America is, which I—that's why I think it's a powerful fun show. Yeah, and I know that the next episodes are going to argue like, well, but really, Sam is what America can be. But I also would say, uh, I'm glad we got this audacious for once. It's—it's it's mm-hmm. cool to see. I'm very surprised Disney allowed it happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was too. <laughs> I was too. Uh, so. moving on to predictions um i'm interested in seeing what zemo will do now that he has escaped uh, escaped from his party pals um i expect to see more expansion on Falcon's story since that has been stalled for the past three episodes and carly has now threatened sarah um i think carly will eventually turn herself in but not until we have a moment between her and sam um and then i think some nice like we'll get a nice dialogue resolution similar to the black panther zemo resolution in civil war um i think new cap will twist things to frame bucky and sam for Battlestar's death and i think new cap will ultimately be protected by the american system even though he plainly murdered a guy for the whole world to see
0: the whole world was watching yep um Okay, so first, I want to reply to something. That's something I don't have in my notes, which is I think, I think there's a lot of interesting ways they can go with uh, how Walker killed someone in daylight, and I don't think they'll do some of them. Uh, I think there could be something very on the nose, but okayly on the nose, with them being like, "Well, this guy was no saint," like you know yeah. what I mean? Like he does like very, and I'd be hundred percent down for the show to go this way. Yeah, I don't think it will. Uh... I, I think Disney will be like, nah, you know, and they're yeah. like they're like, you you got your bloody, you got your bloody shield. You, no, that that can't happen. We're not going to get into that. Uh, on the nose political commentary. Um, I do think though, either uh, Walker will get the shield taken away from him, or he'll go on the run himself and be like, well, if I take down Carly on my own, I'll be viewed as a hero anyway.
1: Yeah, you know, type of thing. Yeah, that people will forget. Uh,
0: I do think that America will be like. Uh, no. <laughs> cause just because of the public relations disaster, this will be. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe Don Cheadle will return and be like, well, first he'll take his and credit back. Yeah. That's just been sitting there. It'll be like, Sam, you gotta, you gotta step up. Like, you, especially cause, you know, Don Cheadle, like, uh, Rhodey believes in the military, obviously, cause he's a military man. Uh, he believes that you can do good within it. And I'm sure he'll be like, Sam, you're our only real chance to bring back America's. Or, whatever. Bring back Caps' reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, after this. Uh, I think the episode might end with Falcon and Bucky having the shield in their possession because that's the second to last episode. Yeah. Uh. I think we'll get a power broker reveal next week because I don't think that's something you say for the finale. And I also think we will return to Elijah.
1: Yeah. I hope, I hope we do. I know that we said, Well, I think we have
0: to, there's no way he like, he's clearly being set up to be returned. Yeah. To. I don't think you returned him in the finale. I think it's next. It has to be yep. next week. But, yep. Yep. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, that's, that's the Falcon and the winter soldier.
1: Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of why is with Ty and Dan. You can catch us on various podcasting platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtiedan.buzzsprout.com. You can also listen to us on YouTube at our channel, Why Is With Ty and Dan.
0: You can also follow us on Twitter at why is with Ty and one because I'm number one. You can also follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd for reviews of movies. Oh, sorry. You can follow me on Letterboxd at my name, which is Blakemans on Letterboxd for these of movies, including those not in the the MCU, such as Godzilla vs. Kong. You can also listen to my new podcast called The Snub Club, which is a show where me and a couple friends, uh, not Tyler, sadly, although I don't think Tyler would enjoy watching these movies from 1929, uh, we we look at the movies that were nominated the most at the Oscars but got no wins. Uh, We're going to have a new episode out, I believe, in a couple days. Yeah, this this Thursday uh, and it's about the Love Parade which is an old the, actually it's the first movie musical so be sure to check it out uh, you can also contact us our podcast on email at uh, why is at gmail.com and you should definitely check out those trailer breakdown well trailer discussion. Right, why
1: is with Ty Dan at gmail oh yeah. did I did I mess yeah, it up well, you I'm just sorry. said why is Ty Dan? so yeah, oh, sorry. yeah at gmail yeah. sorry
0: at gmail no, you're right. Uh, but yeah, and be sure to check out our YouTube trailer discussions, if you have not, of Black Widow and Loki. Uh, all right. We will see you next week. Catch you in the next uh, one. Yep. All right. Well, bye now. Bye <laughs> now.